There was a knock one morning, a man was standing at my door. He said, hello, I'm from Halliburton, have you heard of us before? We'd like to lease your backyard to drill for natural gas. It's called hydraulic fracturing, and it is the very past for a clean energy future above the Marcellus Stone. Plus, we'll give you lots of money and a new mobile phone. I said, you are a corporate crook. I don't believe the things you tell, and you can drive right off my property and then go straight to hell. No fracking way. No fracking way. I don't trust corporate salesmen, whatever they may say. No fracking way. 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 And that was an excerpt of David Rubik singing No Fracking Way. You can find that entire song on the album. Big Red Sessions. Greetings and welcome to Frack You Very Much, a fracking terrible podcast. You can check out back episodes and more at frackyouverymuch.com. You'll also find there uh, some links to make a donation. You can make a one-time or recurring donation to keep Frack You Very Much free and independent can also follow on Twitter at FYVM Show. This is round three of reading the compendium. The compendium is the compendium of scientific, medical, and media findings demonstrating risks and harms of fracking, unconventional gas and oil extraction, sixth edition, June 2019. And the compendium is compiled by Concerned Health Professionals of New York and Physicians for Social Responsibility. And when we left off of the previous uh, reading of the compendium, Compendium Part 2, we were in the Emerging Trends section, and we were going through the series of Emerging Trends that are outlined in the compendium. And we got to number seven. Emerging trends, number seven. Earthquakes are a proven consequence of both fracking and the underground injection of fracking waste. Injection of fracking wastewater into underground disposal wells is a known trigger of earthquake swarms in multiple locations as demonstrated by several major studies using different methodologies. Newer research in Canada, Oklahoma, and China links the practice of fracking itself to earthquakes, including some that take place many miles from well sites and many years later, suggesting that seismic risks have been previously underestimated with much larger areas at risk and for longer periods of time. A 2017 study of the Fort Worth Basin showed that a recent swarm of small earthquakes in northern Texas was originating in long inactive fault lines in deep formations where fracking wastewater was being injected. Human activity is the only plausible explanation. Another study using satellite-based radar imagery provided proof 
that the migration of fracking wastewater into faults increased pressures in ways that triggered a 4.8 magnitude earthquake in East Texas in 2012, while a third study documented the rupture of a fault plane that set off a 4.9 magnitude earthquake in Kansas in 2014, immediately following rapid increase in fracking wastewater injection nearby. And a side note on footnotes, this compendium is fully documented. Every page has multiple footnotes, references to the data or the details of the commentary that are in the text. The number of earthquakes of magnitude 3.0 or higher skyrocketed in Oklahoma starting with the advent of the fracking boom, with fewer than two per year before 2009, and more than 900 in 2015. The 5.8 earthquake that struck near Pawnee on September 3, 2016 was the strongest in Oklahoma's history and prompted an order from state regulators to shut down 67 wastewater disposal wells in the area. In October 2016, the EPA recommended a moratorium on the underground injection of fracking wastewater in certain earthquake-prone parts of Oklahoma because regulations had not solved the problem. Earthquake frequency began to decline in the state in 2017. In February 2018, after a new cluster of earthquakes, the state further restricted fracking activities. There is no evidence that fracking-induced earthquakes can be prevented solely by limiting the rate or volume of injected fluid. A 2018 analysis of shale basins across the United States found that shallower disposal wells can help lower the risk of earthquakes. However, Injection of fracking waste into shallow formations increases the risk of groundwater contamination. In China's Sichuan province, a series of recent earthquakes have been linked to fracking, including one in December 2018 with a magnitude of 5.7, the largest fracking-induced earthquake to date. The likely cause was reactivation of unmapped faults by underground fluid pressure. In February 2019, three additional earthquakes, all with a magnitude of over four, struck Sichuan Basin, killing two people, injuring 13, and damaging 20,000 homes. The government temporarily suspended fracking operations in the area. Number eight, fracking infrastructure poses serious potential exposure risks to those living nearby. Drilling and fracking activities are relatively short-term operations, but compressor stations are semi-permanent facilities that pollute the air 24 hours a day as long as gas is flowing through pipelines. Day-to-day -day emissions from compressor stations are subject to highly episodic variations due to pressure changes and maintenance-related deliberate releases and can create periods of potentially extreme exposures. Compressor stations generally have shorter emission stacks than other polluting facilities, such as power plants, which means their harmful emissions are more concentrated at ground level than if released from a greater height. 
As we went to press, a new study of air emissions from 74 compressor stations in New York State found 39 chemicals known to be human carcinogens and documented large releases of greenhouse gases. Because of their high pressures, compressor, compressor, compressor station explosions can have catastrophic consequences. On January 30, 2019, a compressor station in rural Michigan malfunctioned during a period of extreme cold and released a large amount of methane gas that ignited and exploded. On May 13, 2019, Boston area physicians released a report detailing safety-related risks at a proposed natural gas compressor station in Weymouth, Massachusetts. In a worst-case scenario explosion, injuries could extend for thousands of feet into densely populated residential neighborhoods, ignite a nearby industrial diesel fuel storage tank, and kill motorists driving on an adjacent highway. Pipelines themselves can freeze, corrode, break, and leak. Low-pressure flow lines alone are responsible for more than 7,000 spills and leaks since 2009. Significant pipeline accidents happen roughly 300 times each year in the United States and, between 1998 and 2017, killed 299 people and injured 1,190 others, according to the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration, PHMSA. In May 2019, PHMSA sent a warning to pipeline operators about increased risks of leaks and explosions caused by more frequent flooding, sinkholes, and severe rainfall patterns in the eastern United States. September 2018, heavy rains and landslides triggered the explosion of a pipeline in Beaver County, Pennsylvania, destroying a house. Altogether, landslides have caused six pipeline explosions in the Appalachian region since early 2018. Gas-fired power plants are major emitters of carbon monoxide and nitrogen oxides, which contribute to smog. In the upper Midwest, Wisconsin residents living near silica sand mining operations that service the fracking industry reported dust exposure and respiratory problems. Silica dust is a known cause of silicosis and lung cancer. West Texas is also experiencing a fracking sand boom, where roughly 20 new sand mines have opened since July 2017. Fracking infrastructure in the United States also includes 400 underground gas storage facilities in 31 states with aging equipment and scant federal oversight. The four-month leak at the nation's fifth largest facility, Aliso Canyon in Southern California, between October 2015 and February 2016, resulted in exposures of large suburban population to an uncontrollable array of chemicals. With a release of nearly 100,000 metric tons of methane, it became the worst methane leak in U.S. history. The Aliso Canyon blowout exposed residents in the region to benzene spikes, high ongoing odorant releases, hydrogen sulfide at levels far above average urban levels, and many other contaminants of concern. 
More than 8,300 households were evacuated and relocated, with residents reporting multiple symptoms, including headaches, nosebleeds, eye irritation, and nausea. In May 2019, state investigators announced that the cause of the massive leak at Aliso Canyon was rupture of a well casing caused by microbial corrosion within a well that had been originally drilled in 1954. Over the years, the casing had come in contact with groundwater. The report also faulted the operator, SoCal Gas, for failure to monitor and investigate more than 60 previous leaks at the gas storage complex. In a 2018 analysis of the safety risks of all 14 facilities in California that store gas in depleted oil fields, the California Council of Science and Technology found that gas companies do not disclose the chemicals they are pumping underground, nor do state regulators possess the necessary information to assess risks. Further, many wells servicing the storage fields are 60 to 90 years old, with no regulatory limit to the age of the well. LNG facilities and the pipelines, coastal terminals, and ships that, re- that service them are rapidly growing component of fracking infrastructure, as the shale gas boom has allowed the United States to seek long-term supply contracts for natural gas exports. In July 2017, the United Kingdom received its first delivery of LNG from the Sabine Pass Export Terminal in Louisiana. The Cove Point LNG Export Facility in Maryland sent its first shipments of Marcellus shale gas destined for Japan and India in spring 2018. The United States is now a top international seller of natural gas, with LNG exports expected to double by the end of 2019. At this writing, three LNG export terminals are in operation in the United States, with another 22 in construction or approved for construction. LNG is purified methane in the form of a bubbling supercold liquid. It is created through the capital-intensive energy-intensive process of cryogenics and relies on evaporative cooling to keep the methane chilled during transport. Explosive and with the ability to flash-freeze human flesh, LNG creates acute security and public safety risks. Its greenhouse gas emissions are 30% higher than conventional natural gas due to refrigeration, venting, leaks, and flaring, which is used to control pressure during regasification. The need to ship volatile impurities, nope, the need to strip volatile impurities such as benzene from the gas prior to chilling it also makes LNG liquefaction plants a source of toxic air pollutants. Chenier Energy's Sabine Pass Terminal in Louisiana became the subject of a federal investigation in January 2019 after a steel storage tank cracked and escaping LNG quickly vaporized into a flammable cloud. Another tank was found to be leaking gas from multiple places. PHMSA ordered both tanks shut down. In May 2019, the state of Oregon denied a Clean Water Act permit for the proposed Jordan Cove LNG export terminal and the fracked gas pipeline that would serve it, 
over concerns about likely harm to streams, estuaries, and wetlands. This infrastructure project cannot be built without the state permit, but the company has reapplied. Number nine, drilling and fracking activities bring naturally occurring radioactive materials to the surface. Naturally occurring radioactive materials that occur in shale layers containing oil and natural gas are brought to the surface and the solid waste removed during drilling, known as drill cuttings, and in fracking wastewater. Radionuclides can also build up in pipes and equipment, and fracking itself can open pathways for the migration of radioactive materials. Exposure to increased radiation levels from fracking materials is a risk for both workers and residents. Radon levels in Pennsylvania homes have risen since the advent of the fracking boom, and buildings in heavily drilled areas have significantly higher radon readings than areas without well pads, a discrepancy that did not exist before 2004. As we went to press, a new study reported a similar pattern in Ohio. Also in Pennsylvania, a 2019 study measured levels of radium in drill cuttings that would exceed regulatory limits for disposal in landfills if drill cuttings were not exempt from federal regulations governing hazardous waste. Drill cuttings from Pennsylvania fracking operations are routinely dumped in municipal waste landfills in Ohio and New York. A variety of radioactive substances, including radium, thorium, and uranium, have been detected in fracking wastewater. A 2018 study in the Marcellus Shale region showed that extreme salinity, as well as the chemical composition of fracking fluid, interacts with the shale during the fracking process in ways that mobilize radium and make fracking wastewater radioactive. A 2018 simulation study of radium-226 in fracking wastewater from North Dakota's Bakken Shale found potential risk to human health from fracking wastewater spills into surface water. Number 10. Drilling and fracking activities harm wildlife through multiple pathways. Animals serve as sentinels for chemical exposures that may also affect human residents who share their environment. In addition, animals perform ecosystem services essential to human existence, as confirmed by a landmark United Nations report in May 2019. For both reasons, harm to wildlife by fracking operations has consequences for public health. Birds and other wildlife have been poisoned by fracking wastewater held in open pits, while spills and discharges of fracking waste have precipitated mass die-offs of fish, as documented in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania. Freshwater mussels, which are endangered throughout North America, accumulate contaminants, including strontium, when fracking wastewater is discharged through sewage treatment plants. Chemicals in fracking waste are toxic to or otherwise disrupt development in many fish and amphibian species. In remote locations in Pennsylvania, streams once classified as high-quality brook trout habitat had no fish at all after the arrival of drilling and fracking operations. 
Overall aquatic habitats impacted by fracking activities show decreased biodiversity. Wildlife is harmed by fracking through loss of food resources. Water fleas, the basis of freshwater aquatic food chains, become unable to vertically navigate through water columns upon exposure to trace amounts of fracking fluid. In West Virginia, populations of Louisiana water thrush, which rely on aquatic food sources, have declined in areas of drilling and fracking. Light and noise pollution from oil and gas production disrupt wildlife behavior, including in protected areas and critical habitats of endangered species, and have been linked to mass die-offs of waterfowl and declines in songbird populations in Alberta, Canada, and New Mexico. Chronic noise from drilling and fracking operations interferes with the ability of birds to respond to acoustic cues. Fracking harms wildlife through climate change and habitat destruction. Oil and gas infrastructure, including compressor stations, has caused declines in grassland songbirds in Canada. Sand mining operations in Texas are imperiling the dunes sagebrush lizard. The proposed route of the Atlantic Coast Pipeline cuts through critical habitat for four endangered species. A 2019 study found that forest disturbances driven by drilling and fracking activities are altering the abundance of songbird populations in central Appalachia, particularly harming species whose habitats are forest interiors. Well pad construction hastens the spread of invasive non-native plant species, which harms wildlife habitat. According to economists, the cost of wildlife habitat fragmentation due to fracking is $3.5 to $4.45 billion. 11. The risks posed by fracking in California are unique. Hydraulic fracturing in California is practiced differently than in other states, making its risks different as well. Wells are more likely to be vertical rather than horizontal, and the oil-containing rock layer is shallower. Hence, much less water is used per well for fracking as compared to other states. However, the fracking fluid used is much more chemically concentrated. The fracking zones are located closer to overlying aquifers, and the risk of a fracture reaching groundwater is higher. California is the only state that allows wastewater from oil fields to be held in unlined open pits, which creates risk for both air and groundwater contamination. As of July 2018, 1,086 such pits were operational in the Central Valley, with the vast majority in Kern County. An investigation by reporters for NBC Bay Area found additional pits not on the state's official list. In at least two instances, toxic wastewater from the pits had migrated underground for more than a mile. In 2014, the discovery that companies had for years been wrongly allowed to inject fracking waste directly into California's freshwater aquifers led to the closing of 175 disposal wells. Impacts on drinking water are unknown. 
Most new fracking operations in California take place in areas with a long history of oil extraction. A high density of old and abandoned wells provides potential leakage pathways should fractures intersect with them. And although fracking requires considerably less water per well in California, it takes place disproportionately in areas of severe water shortages and can compete with the municipal and agricultural needs for fresh water. The combination of ongoing drought and lack of disposal options has resulted in the diversion of fracking wastewater to farmers for irrigation of crops, raising concerns about contaminated water potentially affecting food crops and draining into groundwater. Investigative reports in 2015 revealed that Chevron Corporation piped 21 million gallons of recycled oil and gas wastewater per day to farmers for crop irrigation. Tests showed the presence of several volatile organic compounds, including acetone, which is linked in lab studies to kidney, liver, and nerve damage. These activities project fracking's impacts onto geographically distant populations, especially in cases where wastewater is used in crop irrigation and livestock watering. Food is a troubling possible exposure route to fracking chemicals, in part because so little is known about these chemicals. According to a hazard assessment of chemicals used in California oil drilling operations that reuse wastewater for livestock watering and other agricultural purposes, More than one-third of the 173 chemicals used are classified as trade secrets. Their identities are entirely unknown. Of the remainder, 10 are likely carcinogens, 22 are toxic air contaminants, and 14 had no toxicity data available. Estimating risks to consumers of the food produced with wastewater irrigation is thus not possible. The other area in California where fracking is concentrated, the Los Angeles Basin, is located directly under one of the most populous cities in the world. As of 2018, there were 3,468 active and 1,850 inactive oil and gas wells. In Los Angeles County, at least 1.7 million people in Los Angeles live or work within one mile of an active oil or gas well. California does not currently limit how close to residences or schools drilling and fracking activities may be conducted. A 2017 study shows that many of the same chemicals used to stimulate wells during fracking operations are also used in urban oil wells located in densely populated areas of Southern California. Number 12, fracking in Florida presents many unknowns. Gas and oil drilling in Florida, now only a minor industry, is currently concentrated in two areas, the Western Panhandle near Pensacola and the Everglades area of Southwest Florida. So far, fracking has been used at least once in 2013 at a test well located in the Corkscrew Swamp Sanctuary near Naples in Collier County. The Texas company that fracked this well using high-pressure acid fracturing techniques to dissolve the bedrock received a cease and desist order from the Florida Department of Environmental Protection.
Renewed interest in oil and gas exploration in Florida has prompted public debate about fracking and whether to promulgate state regulations or prohibit it outright, possibly including a ban on the use of acid-dissolving technologies in addition to hydraulic fracturing per se. Bills that sought to ban fracking but not matrix acid acidizing failed to pass in the Florida legislature in the 29 legislative session. Florida has more available groundwater than any other state. It is a drinking water source for 93% of Florida's population. Groundwater is also pumped to irrigate crops and provide frost protection to winter crops. Most of this water is held in the Flor Floridan Aquifer, which extends across the entire peninsula and into parts of Georgia, Alabama, and South Carolina. This aquifer provides drinking water to 10 million people in both rural and urban communities, including residents of several major cities, Gainesville, Jacksonville, Orlando, Tallahassee, and Tampa. Overlain by smaller, shallower aquifers in southern Florida, it is a highly permeable, highly interconnected subterranean system, with water moving rapidly in multiple directions through massive shelves of limestone, which represent the dissolved shells and fossilized skeletons of prehistoric marine organisms. Honeycombed with pores, fissure, fissures, joints, and caves, the underground terrain of the Florida aquifer resembles a vast, brittle, spongy, partly covered with sand and clay. Springs and sinkholes are common. It is not known whether fracking in Florida could induce sinkholes to open up or whether alterations in underground pressures could cause springs to go dry. Certainly, Florida's porous geology makes it vulnerable to groundwater contamination. Crumbly, soluble limestone offers pathways for contaminants spilled on the surface to travel deep into the aquifer, where they can be dispersed over great distances by the aquifer's river-like currents. A 2003 experiment with a dye tracer showed the special, sus special susceptibility of Florida's groundwater to potential contamination. Within a few hours, the red dye traveled through the aquifer a distance of 330 feet that researchers had presumed would take days. Compounding these risks, Florida's exposure to hurricanes makes it vulnerable to spills of fracking-related chemicals. In August 2017, flooding from Hurricane Harvey shut down fracking sites in Texas and triggered 31 separate spills at wells, storage tanks, and pipelines. It is unclear where Florida would send any potential fracking wastewater for treatment and or for underground injection. Florida currently injects other types of liquid waste into disposal wells that are located above rather than below oil and gas producing zones. The injection of fracking waste in these same shallower layers may make earthquakes less likely than, for example, in Oklahoma, where it is injected into deep formations, but it would also locate that waste closer to the aquifers, which are poorly mapped. To undertake the necessary study to determine how securely Florida's geological formations could contain wastewater from drilling and fracking operations and protect drinking water would be, in the words of two geophysicists, quote, 
a monumental task requiring full-time work for decades. There are reasons to be concerned. In South Florida in the 1990s, 20 stringently regulated disposal wells failed and leaked sewage waste into the upper Floridan aquifer, a potential future source of drinking water for Miami. Number 13, the economic instabilities of fracking exacerbate public health risks. Fracking is not a stable business. Although the fracking boom has lifted U.S. oil and gas production to all-time highs, shale wells drilled in the past five years are pumping significantly less oil and gas than their operators predicted to their investors. Because the production of individual shale wells fail, falls precipitously over the course of a few years, operators must continue drilling new wells at an even swifter pace to maintain growth targets even as owners are under pressure to cut costs in the face of price declines. The result is lack of profits, dependency on Wall Street financing and low interest rates, and asset sell-offs throughout the fracking industry as a whole. Between 2008 and 2018, leading fracking companies spent $230 billion more than they earned, covering the gap with debt. Even as oil prices have rebounded somewhat during the past two years, fracking companies are collectively still spending more on drilling than they receive by selling oil and gas. By 2018, only five of the largest 20 fracking companies were making more cash than they spent, and the stock prices of all 29 shale producers fell. These unstable economic fundamentals have multiple consequences for public health and safety as cumulative impacts mount from wells both old and new. Pressures to cut costs incentivize cutbacks in safety measures and leave landscapes pockmarked by increasing numbers of hastily abandoned wells in need of remediation and long-term monitoring. Orphaned wells left behind by industry during energy price downturns or after bankruptcy are poorly monitored and, as conduits for gas and fluid leakage, become health and safety threats. Abandoned wells pose risks for soil and water contamination and can emit toxic air pollution and greenhouse gases. Some have exploded. In both North Dakota's Bakken Shale and Western Texas's Permian Basin, Cost-cutting pressures coupled with desperate rush to drill new oil wells to compensate for declining rates of production from older wells have meant that waste natural gas generated as a byproduct of oil drilling is simply vented or flared rather than captured in order to speed up the rate of oil drilling. By April 2019, the amount of natural gas burned off via flaring in the Permian oil fields had reached a record high and exceeded the amount of gas needed to power every residence in Texas. Flaring, a leading source of toxic air pollution and smog, is a public health menace. Independent economic analyses also show that the promise of local job creation has been greatly exaggerated, with many jobs going to out-of-area workers. Reports show that oil and gas jobs increasingly will be lost to automation. 
With the arrival of drilling and fracking operations, communities have experienced steep increases in rates of crime, including sex trafficking, rape, assault, drunk driving, drug abuse, and violent victimization, all of which carry public health consequences, especially for women. Social costs include road damage, failed local businesses, loss of affordable rental housing, and strains on law enforcement and municipal services. School districts report increased stress. Economic analyses have found that drilling and fracking activities threaten property values and can diminish tax revenues for local governments. Additionally, drilling and fracking on private lands pose an inherent conflict with mortgages and property insurance due to the hazardous materials used and the associated risks. Number 14. Fracking raises human rights and environmental justice issues. Inequalities in opportunities to participate in environmental decision-making and uneven impacts of environmental hazards along racial and socioeconomic lines are signature issues of environmental justice. In multiple regions where fracking is practiced, well pads and associated infrastructure are disproportionately cited in non-white, indigenous, or low-income communities. A 2019 analysis of socio-demographic characteristics of people living close to drilling and fracking operations in the states of Colorado, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, and Texas found strong evidence that minorities, especially African Americans, disproportionately live near fracking wells. Similarly, a pattern of racial bias permitting was documented in the heavily fracked Eagle Ford area of southern Texas, where a public health research team showed that disposal wells for fracking wastewater were more than twice as common in areas where residents are more than 80% people of color than in majority white communities. Since 2007, more than 1,000 waste disposal wells have been permitted in the Eagle Ford Shale region, where groundwater is the primary source of drinking water. In intensely drilled Denton, Texas, a study found that those benefiting most from Denton's mineral wealth tended to live elsewhere, while the environmental burdens remained local and fell hardest on those who did not have a voice in mineral leasing decisions. Non-mineral owners are essentially excluded from the private decisions, as the mineral owners not only receive the direct monetary benefits but also hold a great deal of state-sanctioned power to decide if and how shale gas development proceeds. Poor communities of color are disproportionately affected by drilling activities in California. Of Los Angeles residents living within a quarter mile of a well, more than 90% are people of color. In November 2015, civic groups led by youth sued the city of Los Angeles for racial discrimination based on allegations of preferential permitting process and unequal regulatory enforcement for oil wells located in neighborhoods of color. Together, these differential practices have resulted in a higher concentration of wells with fewer environmental protections in black and Latino communities. South Coast Air Quality Management District records show that oil drilling operations in Los Angeles neighborhoods released into the air 
21 million pounds of toxic chemicals between June 2013 and February 2017. These emissions included crystalline, crystalline silica, hydrofluoric acid, and formaldehyde. Across California, gas-fired power plants are disproportionately located in disadvantaged communities as classified by an environmental justice screening tool developed by the State Office of Environmental Health Hazard Assessment. More than three-quarters of the 21,397 new oil wells drilled in California between 2011 and 2018 are located in low-income minority communities, according to state data. In Greeley, Colorado, a massive well pad housing 24 wells was sited near Bella Romera Academy, an elementary school in a low-income community where 82% of students are Latino. After earlier plans were scrapped for a site near a charter school where students are majority white and middle class. In May 2018, community groups in North Carolina filed an environmental justice complaint against the Atlantic Coast Pipeline alleging the project poses disproportionate risk of harm to people of color. 13% of those living along the pipeline route are Native Americans in a state where Native Americans make up only 1.2% of the population. A compressor station in Virginia that would service this pipeline is located in a historically African-American community. In Pennsylvania, evidence shows that gas-fired power plants are disproportionately located in low-income and minority communities. A geographic study found a higher concentration of drilling and fracking operations in impoverished communities throughout the state of Pennsylvania, as well as in localized areas of West Virginia. But it did not find differences with respect to race. Quote, the results demonstrate that the environmental injustice occurs in areas with unconventional wells in Pennsylvania with respect to the poor population. These findings are supported by census tract data in western Pennsylvania showing that among nearly 800 gas wells, only two were drilled in communities where home values exceeded $200,000. Similarly, in Ohio, geographic evidence reveals that disposal wells for fracking wastewater are disproportionately located in lower-income rural communities. Apart from disparities circumscribed by race and income, fracking raises other fundamental questions of human rights. A comprehensive analysis that charts the international legal development of water rights as they apply to oil and gas extraction concluded that the right to water for residents living near fracking sites is, quote, likely to be severely curtailed, noting that access to clean and safe drinking water is codified by the United Nations General Assembly as a human right essential to the full development of life and all other human rights. The authors argue that because the fracking industry does not face the true societal cost of water in their production decisions, Ownership of this essential-to-life resource is effectively transferred from society to industry with no protection for this essential human right. In the United States alone, quote, there is considerable evidence that the human right to water will be seriously undermined by the growth of the unconventional oil and gas industry, and given its spread around the globe, 
this could be soon become a global human rights issue. Three international human rights bodies have called for prohibitions on fracking. In February 2019, the Committee on the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women, which monitors the implementation of the 1979 United Nations Treaty that serves as an international bill of rights for women, called on the United Kingdom to ban fracking on the ground that fracking damages communities and imperils the climate in ways that disproportionately harm women and girls living in rural areas. In October 2018, the United Nations Committee on Economic, Social, and Cultural Rights warned Argentina that its plans for large-scale fracking in the Vaca Muerta shale region would create adverse economic and cultural rights impacts on the indigenous Mapuche people. In May 2018, the Permanent People's Tribunal, a Rome-based forum focused on human rights violations, issued an advisory opinion based on a two-year investigation that collected testimonies and reports from scientists and fracking-impacted communities. In the words of the court, quote, the evidence clearly demonstrates that the processes of fracking contribute substantially to anthropogenic harm, including climate change and global warming, and involve massive violations of a range of substantive and procedural human rights and the rights of nature. Thus, the industry has failed to fulfill its legal and moral obligations. The dangers of fracking to the rights of people communities, and nature are inherent in the industry. We will go beyond the call for a moratorium and recommend that fracking should be banned. Number 15. Health professionals are increasingly calling for bans or moratoria on fracking based on a range of health hazards and as reviews of the data confirm evidence for harm. In May 2015, the Medical Society of the State of New York passed a resolution recognizing the potential health impacts of natural gas infrastructure and pledging support for a governmental assessment of the health and environmental risks associated with natural gas pipelines. The American Medical Association, AMA, adopted a similar resolution that supports legislation requiring all levels of government to seek a comprehensive health impact assessment regarding the health and environmental risks associated with natural gas pipelines. In May 2016, Physicians for Social Responsibility called for a ban on fracking. In July 2016, the UK health professional organization MEDACT released an updated assessment of the potential health impacts of shale fracking in England, concluding that the United Kingdom should abandon its policy to encourage shale gas extraction and urged a, quote, indefinite moratorium on fracking. In October 2016, a group of healthcare professionals in Massachusetts called for an immediate moratorium on major new natural gas infrastructure until the impact of these projects on the health of the communities affected could be adequately determined through a comprehensive health impact statement. 
The group noted that the operation of natural gas facilities increases the risk of human exposures to toxic, cancer-causing, and radioactive pollution due to the presence of naturally co-occurring contaminants, toxic additives to the hydraulic fracturing process, and through the operation of transmission pipelines. Also, in 2016, in a unanimous vote of the Society's 300-member House of Delegates, the Pennsylvania Medical Society called for a moratorium on new shale gas drilling and fracking in Pennsylvania and an initiation of a health registry in communities with pre-existing operations. In 2017, health officials in Los Angeles called for a comprehensive health study in the aftermath of the massive methane leak in Aliso Canyon. In March 2019, Doctors for the Environment Australia announced the reinforcement of its position that no new gas extraction of any kind should occur in Australia. Concerned Health Professionals of New York, which provided scientific and medical guidance for the successful effort to ban fracking in New York State, has inspired affiliations of like-minded public health scientists and healthcare providers that have been advocating for moratoria or bans on fracking in various other regions. These include Concerned Health Professionals of Maryland, Concerned Health Professionals of Ireland, Concerned Health Professionals of Nuquen, Argentina, and Concerned Health Professionals, UK. Conclusion Altogether, findings to date from scientific, medical, and journalistic investigations combine to demonstrate that fracking poses significant threats to air, water, human health, public safety, community cohesion, long-term economic vitality, biodiversity, seismic stability, and climate stability. The rapidly expanding body of scientific evidence compiled and referenced in the present volume is massive, troubling, and cries out for decisive action. Across a wide range of parameters from air and water pollution to radioactivity, to social disruption, to greenhouse gas emissions, the data continue to reveal a plethora of recurring problems and harms that cannot be sufficiently averted through regulatory frameworks. There is no evidence that fracking can operate without threatening public health directly and without imperiling climate stability upon which public health depends. The only method of mitigating its grave harm to public health in the climate is a complete and comprehensive ban on fracking. In the words of investigative journalist Andrew Nikki Farouk, quote, Industry swore that its cracking rock technology was safe and proven, but science now tells a different story. Brute force combined with ignorance has authored thousands of earthquakes and called forth clouds of migrating methane. The science is complicated but clear. Cracking rock with fluids is a chaotic activity and no computer model can predict where those fractures will go. The regulatory record shows that they often go out of zone, extend into water, 
and rattle existing oil and gas wells. And these rattled wells are leaking more methane. In closing, we cite comments by epidemiologist Irina Gorsky, author of the 2019 Review of Fracking's Health Concerns, published in the Oxford Research Encyclopedia of Global Public Health. Her words speak for all who have contributed, contributed to this compendium. Quote, what we found pushes back against the narrative we often hear that say we don't know enough about the health impacts yet. We have enough evidence at this point that these health impacts should be of serious concern to policymakers interested in protecting public health. As a fossil fuel, natural gas extraction and use is contributing to climate change, of course. But before conducting this study, I didn't realize the amount of evidence we have that it may be even worse than coal. We included this in our study because climate change has its own contributions to health impacts. These indirect impacts will take longer to appear than the direct health impacts, but they have the potential to be significant. And that brings us to page 46 of the compendium. That will wrap up this episode of reading the compendium. Uh, but don't worry, even though we just uh, talked about the conclusion of the compendium, the conclusion appears on page 45, and this document is over 300 pages long. So we've got a number of episodes ahead of us. Coming up on our next episode of Compendium Reading, which may not be the very next episode of this podcast, I'm going to do my best to alternate between an episode reading the compendium and an episode talking about current news stories uh, related to fracking. But on the next episode of the Compendium Reading, we're going to start in on the section of compilation of studies and findings beginning with air pollution starting on page 46. So that will wrap up this episode of Frack You Very Much. Remember to check out all the back episodes. Go to frackyouverymuch.com. Follow on Twitter at frack at FYVM show. You can also catch me recording Frack You Very Much live on twitch.tv slash unrelated things. Thanks for joining and listening to Frack You Very Much, a fracking terrible podcast. Thanks for listening. There was a knock one morning. A man was standing at my door. He said, hello, I'm from Halliburton. Have you heard of us before? We'd like to lease your backyard to drill for natural gas. It's called hydraulic fracturing, and it is the very past for a clean energy future above the Marcellus Stone. Plus, we'll give you lots of money and a new mobile phone. I said, you are a corporate crook. I don't believe the things you tell, and you can drive right off my property and then go straight to hell. No fracking way. No fracking way. I don't trust corporate salesmen, whatever they may say. No fracking way. 
no fracking way, no fracking way. My neighbor was out of work and things were looking grim. So when the fracking guy came knocking, he had better luck with him. The company said, don't worry, everything will just be fine. So just sign your name right here, sir, on this dotted line. Pretty soon the water was tasting pretty dire. One day I lit a match and the water caught on fire. I thought about a lawsuit, then stumbled upon the fact that fracking is exempted from the Clean Water Act. No fracking way, no fracking way. How democracy works here in the USA. No fracking way, no fracking way, no fracking way. As if the situation weren't sufficiently unattractive, we tested the water and found it was radioactive. Now my property is worthless and there's a tumor in my brain. Half of my neighbors are sick. The rest are just in pain. Maybe I should take the money, move off to live somewhere. But all the places I look at, they're fracking there. Our choices now are simple. Lose that which we hold dear or communicate the message in a way that's unstoppably clear. No fracking way, no fracking way. Tell these frackers to frack off both tomorrow and today. No fracking way, no fracking way, no fracking way, no fracking way, no fracking way.